Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hello, I'm Jennifer Bean with Women Who Succeed, and I'm here today with Annie Wilson. She is one of our newest members of our initiative, and I can't wait to visit with her. Can you start by telling me a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So currently, I'm general counsel for Ivory Homes, and I've been in that role for about three years. And before that, I worked for a law firm downtown uh, named Curtin & McConkie. You know, I sat down with you here, and I thought when I was reading your bio, there's no way you could have graduated from BYU Law School, held the job um, that you just mentioned, and then land at Ivory Homes and be a mother of three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you landed in this chair today with us. Tell me a little bit about the family that you grew up in, kind of what the makeup was like, and um, let's start with that. Great. So I grew up just here in Salt Lake City in East Mill Creek. I have two older brothers, so I was the youngest and the baby the girl. The baby sister. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, my mom and dad, they're both awesome. They were both in the legal profession as well. Okay. And they actually met in law school at BYU. They were a success story down there. <laughs> and then um, my mom really never worked outside the home, despite the fact that she graduated and had her law degree, she chose to stay home. Okay. And then my dad was a litigator for a time and then was on the bench. He was a, a state trial judge. That is so, that's so amazing. So tell me, what about, do you think, how, how big of a role do you think your parents' um, profession and drive um, with law played a role in your choice? Obviously, it played a, a large role. It's what I knew. It's what I grew up with. And my extended family is lousy with attorneys as well. And so I wouldn't say I dreamed of going to law school. It was more I couldn't think of anything else to do. And so I ended up in law school, which I realize isn't an inspirational story, probably not the story that you're looking for. Um, but I would say my parents both uh, really valued education and they they didn't care what we did they didn't necessarily drive me to go to law school but they said you know, you're going to go to some type of graduate school they were very heavy so I education mean, was yes. a huge absolutely a huge motivator for them mm -hmm. oh that's really neat i um i think about all of the things that i learned as a young girl and i guess as i age you know i realize how how much of what my parents taught me has stuck with me what do, you, what do you remember from your childhood that um, has really influenced you? Something your parents said, you know, that's kind of stayed true. Um, one thing I was thinking about recently since we just finished up, you know, the 2020 Olympics recently here, yeah. here in 2021. Sure. Um, I was watching some of the swimming and I was a swimmer growing up and I played water polo as well in college. And um, my I remember when I was... Young, probably eight, nine years old. It was probably the 96 Olympics, okay. the one where Amy Van Dyken won all those gold medals. Oh, I remember which one you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And, and I was this young swimmer. And so I looked at her and I just thought, man, I want to do that. that <laughs> I want to be like her. I, I'm going to go. To the, I just set my mind on it. I'm going to go to the Olympics. So I went and told my dad, I said, Dad, I've decided I'm going to swim in the Olympics. I'm, I'm the next Amy Van Dyken. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but this is my plan. <laughs> yes, and he probably took an unusual approach as a parent to that announcement. And he sat me down and he said, honey, 
you know, there's something you've got to know about Quinns. That's my maiden name. Um, Quinns, you know, we don't have great natural athletic ability and <laughs> you will never be good enough <laughs> to go to the Olympics. And just on the spot crushed my dreams. Just and like that. Just like that. But then, you know, he followed it up with something that I really think steered the direction of my life. And he said, well, there's one thing that Quinns do have. We have a superpower to suffer. We, not, we might not be good at things naturally, <laughs> but man, once we start, we can just keep going. And when it gets super hard, we don't quit. We can just suffer more than <laughs> anyone else can suffer. And that, that's how, you know, you, we won't go to the Olympics, but you know, you, you, you can, can do stay well. here in America and yeah, suffer. You, you can do well and you can suffer with the best of them. And, and the guy was, a, he was a cyclist. He knew a thing or two about suffering. And it. so um, I think that that just shifted my mindset and without meaning to, he really gave me a growth mindset where no matter what I tried, I didn't have an expectation to be good at it. In fact, yeah. I kind of ex expected that I was going to be terrible at whatever I tried. <laughs> but I had this innate belief that I could do it, that if I suffered long enough, that eventually I could do what I set my mind to It would to be do. worth it. It would be worth right. it, right? Where, where's another example in life where you've seen the tenacious spirit that your father taught you to have um, hold true, maybe in a professional setting? Right. I mean, I think any phase of life because That's a good point. I mean, I think that life is hard no matter what. I, I never Especially expected, when you're transitioning. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think I expected anything to be easy and I never loved swimming, but I did it through college and and so and I was able to pay for my education that way and then um, I think in the professional sense the same thing held true. Starting off as a young associate at a large law firm is hard. Yeah, I can't <laughs> even imagine. a ton of hours. And I just went in with that same mindset where I knew it was going to be extremely difficult, um, but I knew I could do it. I knew I had that superpower to yeah. suffer through it. And I think because of that mindset, I never got discouraged because I always expected that it would be difficult, but that it, it would be rewarding at the same time. Right, right. I think of... Um, the number of hours that you put in professionally to get where you're at. How did you ever fit being a mother of three into that? Absolutely, with help. Yeah. Um, I think you have to, of course, acknowledge the help that, that I've received through quality childcare and some family members that are, my mom's great, she helps out a lot. Um, and interestingly, I don't know that I would have, that that was the plan. Honestly, it wasn't yeah. the plan. Um, being a young associate was so hard a couple years in. I think having kids looked really good in part because I assumed that I'd step away at least part-time or in some fashion sure. to transition into more of a mother role. And at the time, it just wasn't an option. My husband was still trying to figure out what he wanted to do, sure. and it just made zero sense for me to even go <laughs> part-time. And so even though that was so tempting in the moment, sure. Um, it, it just wasn't an option, so I had no choice but to push through. But in retrospect, I'm so grateful because that would have, I think, been the easier choice at the time. Right. And very attractive choice, but because I pushed through those really difficult first few years where it's still just a blur, um, <laughs> then I got more senior and I got to where I was managing my own cases and the work was a lot more enjoyable and I felt a lot more confident, so it wasn't yeah. so stressful all the time. Yeah, and and we kind of had it figured out. We had good childcare provider, and when we got to that point, as a family financially, where I I had the option to step away if I wanted to, I had I realized you know I didn't come this far just to come this far. I was only sure. a few years away from making partner, and 
it just didn't make sense. And, and I'm really so glad because I feel very fulfilled now professionally and my kids don't know anything different. They're very, they're very happy. They're really well adapted socially yeah. from being exposed to so many different people. And I feel like it's really, it's worked out for everybody. It sounds like it has. And I love that, um, that you really do show that tenacity and grit to dig in and finish what you started, so to speak. So tell me something that um, personally is on your bucket list. <laughs> hmm. I love this question. It, one thing that I do want to do at some point is to do an Ironman triathlon. Oh, I, you do want to suffer. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't even think of that connection, but yes, I'm sure that would involve a lot of suffering. I've, I've done several halves. I haven't since for, for many, many years for a variety of reasons, but I would someday like to get back to doing that. So that's something that's on the list. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it makes me think that you being a swimmer um, and being a competitor is still a, a little bit part of your soul today, huh? Uh, absolutely. It's how I, I think balance everything is having that me time every day just to sweat it out and yeah. get that done in the morning. And it definitely helps me balance yeah. everything else. So, so that makes me ask, give me a day in the life of Annie Wilson. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. We, we both work and we've got three young kids. So yeah. um, tell it, me the ages busy. of your kids again. Um, four, six, and eight. Oh, yeah. They're a ton of fun. And um, so, but it, like I said, it's super important to me that I get a workout in. And I know that the only time I can guarantee that that happens is first thing in the morning. So I always set my alarm for 4.45 every morning. And I get up and I get my workout in. Because <laughs> I know that everyone else is asleep. Nothing, I'm not going to get a call from work. It's the one time that I know that right. it's me time. Right. And I, ju I just have a gym at my house. And so I just walk downstairs, get a workout in. And then, um, again, I'm a big believer in just getting things done right <laughs> off. So I park my kids next to me while I put on my makeup. I make my six-year-old read, do her 20 minutes of reading out loud. I and love that gets it. me through about half my makeup routine. <laughs> and then I, I change stations and I go to sit with my four-year-old. Well, she does her learning computer games that she has yeah. to do for 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And I finish my makeup with her and then you know, get the kids off to school and, and get into work and then kids activities after. Yeah. So that's just well, kind of how it goes. From the outside, I see you being just a wonderful example to your kids of how you can find balance and sort of put some intention behind um, your life and what you choose to do. What do you hope as a mother that you pass along to your kids? I hope that they just have a very sturdy sense of who they are and that they have value. I think there's so many competing voices just everywhere nowadays that yeah. I, if I could give them one thing, it would just be that they are good and they are not their successes or their failures or their actions, but that they just have value and that they are, they are good. And I think if I can just give them that sturdy sense of self-worth that they'll figure out what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I love that. I think one of the things I've always wanted to be is just a good example to my kids. Mm -hmm. And just in the last couple of years, have, have I switched that mindset? Because earlier, I think it meant be an example of, you know, how to do everything, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I like that you're kind of focused on giving them self-worth and helping them find that. 
because my mindset has shifted to, I want to teach them how to adapt and be resilient um, in some of the harder situations too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's hard for especially women who are high achieving and they're type A personality to step back. And I'd already, even though my kids are so young, I have to rein myself in, in terms of wanting to write their stories for them. Because, you know, I always was super on top of my homework. And so it just drives me crazy when one of my kids (laughs) isn't. But I have to realize that they are going to have to make their own choices. And they might have different priorities than me. And that might drive me crazy. But I need to (laughs) let them them be their own people. I love that. Allowing them to be the author of their own story. Yeah, that's a really good point. So um, here's a question I was asked recently. And it's really had me thinking. What would you like people to say about you when you're not in the room? I guess the first thing that comes to mind, and it doesn't answer your question directly, but it reminds me of of something I heard once, is I want people to know that their names are safe with me when they're not in the room, mm-hmm. just in terms of having respect for other people and knowing that I'm never going to disparage someone, you know, when when they're in the room or not in the room. <laughs> right. But, um, when I'm not in the room, um, I guess I would just want to, when people think about me, I would hope that they would just feel secure, that they would just feel kindness and respect. And I don't know if there's a single trait I want people to right. think about for me, but right. I guess it's more of a feeling. I just want, want them to feel secure. I like that receiving a feeling from you based on how you're treating them, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've so enjoyed the chance to visit with you. And I was wondering if you had some last thoughts on um, how to be a successful, tenacious woman and what if you um, could tell your, say your teenage self, what would you, what would you say? Oh, goodness. (laughs) I think that it just comes down to habits, that there's no special success formula that you can't think about necessarily where you want to end up because you never know you and you really don't have control. I think that half of my career has been luck and opportunity and the other half is hard work and you you can't necessarily choose the ending, but you can always choose your actions in the moment. And so if you have a general idea of what you want to do, just make sure that you're setting yourself up to be available for that opportunity when it comes that you're making the daily decisions um, to set yourself up for success and to build those habits that are going to lead to that. That's such a great reminder that um, to be present and to make the choices every day that lead us towards our values and, and really how we want to live and hope that it increases our odds at getting us the outcome we want. Mm-hmm. So it's been so wonderful talking with Annie today. Um, you have been a study in tenacity, grit, um, balancing motherhood and professionalism. And we're just so grateful to have your insights. And um, thanks for sharing with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.